The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. And I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. I am finishing up this series on Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. I've been teaching the whole book for several months now, and I hope that it's been beneficial to you. I've had people reach out to me by email, uh, Facebook, and some people have even called me or if they uh, I live in Chicago and attend Christ Universal Temple. They obviously say something to me in person. So I just wanted to just stop and acknowledge all of you all for getting the book, for making sure that um, you are studying along, working with the principles, making sure that you uh, really, really get it. Because this is one of the things about these principles, these spiritual principles, you have to get it. It has to be annoying. So as you start to work with them and break them down and break them down and break them down, what ends up happening is after you continue to break them down, they start to assimilate into your consciousness and workable bits. So I commend you on working with this book. And it's not the easiest book to read, by the way. And allowing yourself to really get a greater understanding of what it means to be prosperous. Before I start, let me do a couple of things. One, let me invite you, if you are in the Chicagoland area or will be coming to the Chicagoland area, to come visit us and worship with us at Christ Universal Temple, 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon uh, every Sunday. Also, if you don't live in the area and you want to see what we're doing, go online at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org dot org and watch our live stream watch the reverend Derek b wells our choir our our service our whole service fellowship with us experience the cut experience as we would say so make sure you check us out uh also don't forget that i have a facebook page truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell check it out like it share it with others so we can continue to spread this message abroad And finally, next week, I'll be starting my series on Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. So make sure that you give yourself a little time to get the book. If you need to order it, you now have you now have a warning, not warning. You've been you've been told in advance. Warning is such an improper word. You've been told in advance. So please make sure that you get the book. We're going to be doing it chapter by chapter, just like we've done the last several series. So you can really get a really good concept and understanding of what it means to be a new thought Christian. Because I think uh, Eric Butterworth's Discover the Power Within You is a top five book in new thought. I mean, meaning that if you have five books in new thought, regardless of the new thought brand, I think Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth should be on your shelf as one of your top five books. Now, let's get to it. Today's show is basically an overview of of what we've covered. So it's an overview and a review of some of the principles that 
Charles Fillmore taught in these books. And I wanted to make sure that, that we give ourselves ample opportunity to work with some of this material. Before I do that, though, I want to read something that I think is very powerful. It's called The Optimist Creed, and it is by Christian D. Larson. I think I've read this before on the show, but I want to make sure that some things are really, really hammered in. So, again, this is The Optimist Creed by Christian D. Larson. And you might be able to Google this, so you, you can look it up yourself. It is called. It, it starts off by saying, promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. To talk health, happiness, and prosperity to every person you meet. To make all your friends feel that there is something worthwhile in them. To look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. To think only of the best, to work only for the best, and to expect only the best. To be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. To forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. To wear a cheerful expression at all times and give a smile to every every living creature you meet. To give so much time to improving yourself that you have no time to criticize others. To be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to permit the presence of trouble. To think well of yourself and to proclaim this fact to the world, not in loud words, but in great deeds. To live in the faith that the whole world is on your side so long as you are true to the best that is in you. Christian D. Larson, The Optimist Creed. So in this list of promises that Reverend Larson, who was a New Thought Christian uh, minister in the earlier and mid part of the 20th century, what he's basically saying is you have to have a shift in mind that allows you to maintain your optimism in the midst of what is appearing in your life sometimes. Now, let's just be honest. There's truth, and then we deal with facts, and we have to, you know, we have to face facts with truth. Now, what does that mean? That means that sometimes the facts look like there's more month than money. It looks like the facts look like you can have difficult experiences with your intimate relationships. The facts say that sometimes your children can act crazy or the pressure of taking care of a parent or or other family members or you can have some stresses at work or or, or maybe laid off or you know house upside down or or you know you went out there to start the car and the car didn't start. Those are facts. The facts change. What we have to learn how to do is face facts with truth. It is easy to love God, love humanity, and love life when everything is working the way you want it to work. It's easy. It's easy to be happy when you feel as though there's no pressure. It's easy to be happy when there's nothing staring you in the face demanding that you recognize that it's just an appearance and there's only one presence and one power in the universe. It's easy to do it when you're just strolling along, skipping down the street. But let me tell you, to maintain what Mr. Larson wrote about probably 60, 70 years ago requires diligence. It requires strength. It requires focus. It requires concentration. It requires discipline. 
we have to learn how to discipline our minds. Discipline. Because part of developing a prosperity consciousness is learning how to be optimistic about life and not cynical. Not getting to the point where you're like, whatever. It won't make a difference anyway. Why try? Many people are in that space. They want to be prosperous, but they've really kind of given up. You know, you tell a person about opportunities and they're only seeing difficulties and obstacles because they've become cynical. They've become resigned to it not changing, not getting any better, not being any different. What Christian D. Larson wrote about in the Optimist Creed and what Charles Fillmore is saying in the book Prosperity is simply this. You have to change the way you think. You have to develop a prosperity consciousness that is based upon your understanding of an omnipresent, ever-abundant God and learn to shift your thinking away from what you think are the appearances of your life. Because realize, now here's a kicker. You can't go to Walmart or Target or any other store and buy stress or buy frustration or buy anger or buy fear or buy doubt. They're self-generated. All of those characteristics. Now, here's the key. All characteristics are self-generated. You can't go by happiness. You can't go by peace. You can't go by love. You can't go by joy. Those characteristics are self-generated. You can't buy forgiveness. The things that hold us up are the things we've given strong meaning to. So if as the former deceased science of mind teacher Tom Johnson used to write about in his book, You're Always Your Own Experience. If if I am always my own experience, then I need to, that means I give meaning to everything that's in my experience. Therefore, if it's in my life and it's frustrating me, bothering me, angering me, creating fear, creating doubt, it is how it is occurring to me. We haven't functioned, we're not functioning in a consciousness that allows us to rest in the understanding that this is a universe that is governed by divine law. As Reverend Coleman used to say, I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. That's the truth. That's the truth. So we get to decide whether we want to be an optimist or pessimist. But realize having optimism sets cause and effect in motion. And being a pessimist sets cause and effect in motion. That's what Mr. Fillmore is saying. Now I want to read something really quickly from Mr. Fillmore. Because, again... We want to work with this concept and understanding because he was really, really focused on making sure that people understood what they were connected to. He says on page 12, this inexhaustible, he's talking about substance, this inexhaustible mind substance is available at all times and in all places to those who have learned to lay hold of it in consciousness. So that's the key. First of all, inexhaustible. The goodness of God, the grace of God, the supply of God never runs out. I said at a sermon a couple of Sundays ago, you can go to Lake Michigan with a thimble, with a cup, with a bucket or a pipeline. And Lake Michigan will meet the demand. There's no such thing as supply 
without demand. It doesn't make a difference what it is. Now, then he says, not only is it inexhaustible, it is also available at all times. Inexhaustible, can't run out, and available at all times. Now, here's the key, and in all places. So the substance of God doesn't need to show up as dollar bills if you're on the on an island deserted somewhere. It needs to show up as food. It needs to show up as shelter. It needs to show up as supplies. It needs to show up as creativity to, to help you uh, survive and prosper in that space. At, you can't do anything with the dollar bills if you're on an island somewhere. It'll show up as it is needed. It'll show up as somebody coming to help you. It'll show up as provision in any way that is needed in that experience. So I don't want you getting just thinking, okay, it's going to show up one way. It might show up as you need to get from to the fro and somebody pays for your ticket. You might need to get from one side side to another. And while you're walking to the bus, somebody you see drives up and says, hey, what you doing? Where you going? Oh, I'm headed that way and takes you there. It's not always in the way you think. You might, you know, um, ready to go get something to eat and somebody wants to treat you to lunch. That's how the inexhaustible mind substance shows up. You might be, you know, at a social function and you just might end up being introduced to somebody who has the right connections, right idea, right whatever that helps you take your business from one level to another. Or they might be the person you might end up doing business with. The inexhaustible mind substance might show up as, uh, you know, you're in a bookstore somewhere and you bump into somebody and, and you, your money is tight, and your business is tight, and all the other family is not acting crazy, but you want uh, intimacy and love in your experience. And the divine substance just shows up as somebody who's in the same space at the same time. And you'll say, wow, if I didn't get caught by that train, I'd have been here 20 minutes earlier and would have left and never would have met that person. It happens randomly like that. Inexhaustible at all places at all times. That's the key. But you have to lay hold of it in consciousness, in your mind. You got to learn to spend some time praying and meditating just on the infinite, inexhaustible substance of God. Play with it in your mind. Work with it in your mind. Get the feeling of it. As Reverend Ike would say, feeling gets the blessing. Feeling gets the blessing. Because I don't care what you have. If you don't feel good, you can't enjoy any of it. If you don't love yourself, you can't enjoy any of it. Before we take our first break, let me remind you that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, please freely give. Click on the donate button, support Unity so they can continue to, um, you know, send these shows out, have shows like this and others to help people transform their experiences. Uh, this, for some people, this is their new thought church. So I want you to please be a stand for the transformation of the world by giving. Uh, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.
Where will summer take you? To exotic islands? The big city? This summer, Unity Books invites you to travel within on a journey of self-discovery. It's our first online book club, the Summer of Self-Discovery Reading Series. We've selected three inspiring titles to help you discover who you really are and what you truly want from life. Join us this June through August for book discussions and free author webcasts. Visit unitybooks.org summer to see our book picks and to reserve your spot for the webcasts. Join the Summer Book Club today. Visit unitybooks.org summer. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Uh, hello, we're back with Truth Transforms. Again, today is an overview and a review and whatever else you want to call it of the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. I've, I've taught all 12 chapters, and today I just wanted to take time to kind of just hammer home some key principles, add some extra information for some other uh, materials, and help you get an understanding. I can't give you an understanding, but I can help you get an understanding of the prosperous principles of the universe. I want to read something from the book, How to Prosper in Hard Times. It's a compilation of uh, different books by different authors. This book, I'm reading from actually from the book, Your Right to Be Rich by Joseph Murphy, which is inside this book. Your right to be rich by Joseph Murphy. I don't know if that's a separate, if that soul is a separate book anymore, but it's inside the book, How to Prosper in Hard Times. It's so good. I'm going to read um, two pages of it because it's just that good. I don't want you to um, miss any points that he's saying. All right. It states, it is your right to be rich. You are here to lead the abundant life and be happy, radiant, and free. You should, therefore, have all the money you need to lead a happy, excuse me, a full, happy, prosperous life. There is no virtue in poverty. The latter is a mental disease, and it should be abolished from the face of the earth. You are here to grow, expand, and unfold spiritually, mentally, and materially. You have the inalienable right to fully develop and express yourself along all lines. You should surround yourself with beauty and luxury. Why be satisfied with just enough to go around when you can enjoy the riches of the infinite? In this book, you will learn to make friends with money, and you will always have a surplus. Your desire to be rich is a desire for a fuller, happier, and more wonderful life. It is a cosmic urge. It is good and very good. Begin to see money in its true significance, a symbol of exchange. It means to you freedom from want, beauty, luxury, abundant, abundance, and refinement. As you read this chapter, you're probably saying, I want more money. I am worthy of a higher salary than I am receiving. Now, he then goes on. I'm going to skip a paragraph because I want to drill home this point that he's saying. There is no virtue in poverty. It is a disease like any other mental disease. If you were physically ill, you would think that there was something wrong with you. You would seek help or do something about the condition at once. 
Likewise, if you do not have money constantly circulating in your life, there's something radically wrong with you. Now, let me pause. Radically wrong does not mean something wrong with your being. He's talking about it from the standpoint of the way we think. Let's be clear. The way we think, because he's talking about the mental level of life. He goes on to say, money is only a symbol. It has taken many forms as a medium of exchange down throughout through the centuries, such as salts, beads, and trinkets of various kinds. In early times, man's wealth was determined by the number of sheep or oxen he had. It is much more convenient to write a check than to carry some sheep around you to pay your bills. God does not want you to live in a hovel or go hungry. God wants you to be happy, prosperous, and successful. God is always successful in all his undertaking, whether he makes a star or a cosmos. So what Joseph Murphy is basically saying is we have to shift the way we think about prosperity and money and riches in general. In general, he's saying it's your right. It's your right. Now, your right does not mean it's anybody's job to give it to you. But it's your your right to create it and generate it in your experience. That's key. It's not anyone's right to give you their prosperity even. But it is your right to create your own. To create your own opportunities, to create your own possibilities, to use your own infinite potential, to to use your understanding of universal law to create a life that is worth um, living in a sense of peace and joy and love and prosperity all across the board. Life is for living anyway, but if we're going to be alive, let's live while we're in a body. I mean, really live. In other words, when we're making decisions about what we can or can't do solely based upon lack of funds, that does something to the soul. It really frustrates and uh, because you know these are things that you want to, to experience, but then you look at the dollar sign. So what we have to do is start shifting away from the dollar sign and start shifting what we desire and trusting and knowing that as we expand in consciousness we'll create more opportunities we'll attract more experiences we'll generate situations that will form and shape the substance of god into whatever we need for that experience that's key that's real key so going back to mr fillmore as he was saying on page 12 i'm still there This inexhaustible mind substance is available at all times and in all places to those who have learned to lay hold of it in consciousness. That's key. That's key. Now, let me stop here now because I want to make sure that if anybody had any questions, they could call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489 if you have any questions or comments. Now, moving on. He then says, the simplest, shortest, and most direct way of doing this was explained when Jesus said, whosoever shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass, he shall have it. So quoting Jesus, he's saying, Jesus is saying, don't doubt in your heart. Your heart is your subconscious mind. Your heart is your feeling nature. Whoever does not doubt in his or her subconscious feeling nature, but shall believe, except it's true, that's what believe means, that what he saith cometh to pass, he shall have it. So he's saying, don't doubt in your subconscious feeling nature, one, believe that what you are saying has come to pass, has come, okay, and you'll have it. So in other words, you have to remove the fear, get into conviction, get into faith, not doubt, not fear, not frustration, but faith, trust, and conviction deep within your own subconscious feeling nature. 
then and as you believe and accept that what you've been praying about, speaking the word about, seeing in consciousness is already yours before you have any material manifestation. You have to see that it's already yours in mind, as Emmett Fox would call it, the mental equivalent. When you see that it is already yours, then you can have it, and not before, and not before. That's the principle. Then it goes on on page 13, it says, the spiritual substance from which comes all visible wealth is never depleted. He's saying again, it's inexhaustible. Yet again, he repeats what he said on the previous page. It is right with you all the time in response to your faith in it and your demands on it. If you just substitute spiritual substance and put God's invisible supply, substitute God's invisible supply and put in God's grace, it doesn't matter what term you use. It's here all the time and it's never depleted right with me all the time, right with you all the time, and it responds here. It responds it responds to your faith and demand on it. Now, how do you make a faith in demand? If you go back, and I believe um, it is in the book of Genesis chapter, it's either chapter 13 or 14, I believe it's 14, when Abram, before he was Abraham, Abram was separated from Lot. He had land when he left his homeland and went to Canaan. He ended up bringing his nephew with him. and But eventually he had to separate from Lot. And the Lord God brought Abram up on a hill or mountain and said from the east to the west, from the north to the south, as far as you can see, you can have. Now, the metaphysical significance of that story is this. Abram metaphysically represents beginning faith. Abram metaphysically represents beginning faith, not fully developed faith, beginning faith. Lot represents negative or dark thinking. So, Many times when we travel to our new good, we normally are working with our beginning faith, but we haven't overcome all of the negative thoughts, feelings, beliefs that we have. They travel with us. He also has Sarai with him before she was Sarah, and she's and she represents a certain level of uh, contention. What's the? I'm trying to make sure uh, uh, the negative feelings that pull people. I'm trying to make sure I don't mess mess a. Uh, give you an improper interpretation because it's not in front of me. So let's just summarize her as representing some of those negative feelings that sometimes travel with us as we try to gain our new good because eventually her name was changed, which means the nature changed. But anyway, I'm really talking about Lot and Abram in this story. So as, as Lot is separated from Abram, Abram as beginning faith is told by divine law the Lord God. Faith, as far as you can see, ah, faith, as far as you can see from the east to the west, to the north, to the south. In other words, as, as you can perceive it, you can have it. As you can perceive it, you can have it. That's a principle. My faith does not have to be fully developed for me to benefit from my faith. Yes, faith is sort of like a muscle. You have to develop it. That being said, it is still usable even at the beginning stages, even at your early developed levels of faith as far as you can see. You can have. And as you develop and your faith becomes stronger, guess what? As far as you can see, you can have. And when you have that gigantic faith that can move mountains, 
as far as you can see, you can have. That's the promise. That's the promise. So, Fillmore goes on to say, on page 15, again, reviewing, and I'm not reviewing the whole book. I'm picking out key points from this lesson one intentionally because I think we taught the whole book to go right back to lesson one. Where he says, substance is first given form in the mind. And it becomes man as it becomes manifest, it goes through a threefold activity. What are those, what are those threefold activities? One, in laying hold of substance in mind and bringing into manifestation, we pay play an important part. We do it according to our decree. So the first thing we need to do to work with substance is we need to start decreeing what is true about God, what is true about us, what is true about God's supply. He quotes the book of Job, thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. He says we are always decreeing, sometimes consciously, often unconsciously. In other words, that inner conversation that's going on in your mind is what you're decreeing for your life. And with every thought and word, Every thought and word, every thought and word, we are increasing or diminishing the threefold activity of substance. So, in other words, it's formed in mind, we decree it, and then it shows up. That's it. All right? He says the resulting manifestation conforms to our thought. So, your demonstration can never outperform what's really going on in your soul. That's key to know. That's a key thing to know. You're always your own experience. Now, before we take our second break, I want to remind you yet again that for those who might have just tuned in, that's beginning next week, we're going to start a new series based upon the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Now, what this will do is allow us to really get into what it means to be a New Thought Christian. So I am requesting that everyone get the book. This show, in many ways, is like a class. And we're teaching a book. We're pulling points out of the chapter. But just listening to me and not having the material, in my opinion, is not good enough. Get the book, Discover the Power Within You. I I'm, I was even told there's some online versions out there floating somewhere. One of the listeners, I believe, put it on my Facebook page. If you're out there and you're listening, go right ahead and do so again. We're starting it next week. But the main thing is this. Get the material. You can get it through many means. But get the material so you can learn how to really work with what we call new thought. What does it mean to be a new thought Christian? What do we teach about God? What do we teach about Jesus? What do we teach about prayer? What do we teach about prosperity? What do we teach about healing? How do we work with things like the Sermon on the Mount? And, you know, what do we how do we work with, you know, metaphysical symbolism of resurrection and things of that nature and eternal life? This book covers all of that. So even if you have the book, pull it out. Even if you read the book, even if you've taken a class on the book, even if you taught the book, pull it out. Let's work with it again. Because I guarantee you it'll be a new experience. Why? Because all of us are in it together. So it has to be new. So make sure you get the book. We're going to, you know, Come back for the last part of this show. If anybody, you only have one more segment to call in, 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. 
As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. And we're wrapping up now the series on prosperity. You want to hit just a couple of extra little points, but um, again, I want to make sure that if any of you all out there have any questions, now that we've wrapped up this series, you can give me a call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. And yet again, a reminder that you can uh, join Christ Universal Temple uh, on the internet every Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time for our live stream. So you can watch the services, watch our senior minister, the Reverend Derek B. Wells, uh, teach a powerful new thought message and li- listen to our choir and, and join us in our fellowship. And again, if you're in the area, we'd love to have you stop by. We love, would absolutely love to see you and we will definitely treat you right. And you'll want to come back and bring friends. So wrapping up some of the things that Mr. Fillmore talked about on page 18 and prosperity again going over stuff that I've already taught he says God's world is a world of results that sequentially follow demands I want to drill home this point because many times people say they want something but they're not placing a demand on themselves or the universe forward the demand through discipline the demand through focus, the demand through building a mental equivalent, a demand on keeping the main thing, the main thing in your mind. That matters. We drift off in thought and then we wonder why things don't happen the way we want them to happen. We focus on the past. I know a couple of weeks ago I read this from Esther Hicks, this quote. I want to read it again. She says, nothing that has ever happened has anything to do with now unless in my now, I continue to think and speak about it. Fresh new thoughts today will always give me a fresh new experience. And she goes on to say, and I love this, my future isn't about my past. Life is only about now. So as we go forward and work with with creating new thoughts, we're creating new demands. When we're speaking new words, we're creating new demands. We're creating, we're creating, we're creating, we're creating. Now, moving on to page 24, because I think this is so good. 
He says, blessing the substance increases its flow. If your money supply is low or your purse seems empty, take it in your hand and bless it. Let's just stop right there. Blessing the substance increases its flow. Blessing the substance increases its flow. So I have to bless what I have if I want to see, if I wanted to expand. I have to bless what I have. Now, so if it's, he's saying take your wallet, take your purse, take your checkbook, take, you know, whatever, and start to bless it, you know, you know, if you have to, if it's not a lot of food in the refrigerator, put your hand on the refrigerator door and bless it. And if you have to sit down and work with your imagination five, ten minutes to just see the refrigerator and the cupboards full, don't get to the how. Just deal with the what right now. Just deal, just deal with the what, not the how. Because you have to place a demand first. And let me say this. Because as we're talking about prosperity, one of the things that I want to drill home is this. Part of living a prosperous life is also living a responsible financial life. Many times people, you know, let me just say it this way, misuse what they have and then suffer the consequences of it you know if if i tell people and i'm not going in on anybody's anything but i tell people if you if you if you can't miss it you don't need to gamble with it for instance you know uh, you know there are many people you know you watch specials of people who are who um, take their checks or their social security or their pension or their 401k and take it to the casino or the boat. And they're praying for prosperity, but they're gambling away their money. And yet we'll tell you about the one time they win, but won't tell you about the 15 times they lose. That's not being responsible with money. All right. It doesn't make sense to gamble away money when and then ask or need other people to step in because you've been irresponsible. It doesn't make, you know, people who waste money on hard partying and then want somebody else to pick up the slack. People who who have, you know, and it's nothing wrong to have champagne taste, but when you have beer money, use wisdom. That's all I'm saying. If you have champagne taste and beer money, use wisdom as you develop to get your money in alignment with your taste. So what am I saying? It doesn't make sense to to to, to you know not take care of your responsibilities because you want to go play and then the lights are off, the heat is off, et cetera, the water is off, but you look good. The phone is no phone. And today, if you don't have a cell phone or a way to get in contact with somebody, you can't even stop and go to a pay phone anywhere. They're not, they don't, do they even exist these days? Why am I saying this? Because sometimes the very reason we're, we aren't prosperous is because we make foolish mistakes. Point blank. And if we don't acknowledge that sometimes we just make foolish mistakes, then we'll, we're praying and the praying, the prayer is similar to having a hose pouring into a bucket with a hole on the bottom. With a ho- so you're just pouring water right into a bucket that's going and the water's going right out the bottom of the bucket. 
Okay. You know, so it's important that you understand that being irresponsible with your money does not necessarily mean that your thinking is in divine order. If you want your life to be in order, and that includes your financial life, you have to have a plan. Uh, and that means that you can't be foolish with your money. I wish I could use a nicer, softer, more spiritual sounding word. But sometimes we just make dumb choices. And this is the, you know, I guess saving the hard part for last now that we're wrapping up this series. Because if you if you don't get a handle on that sometimes going, you know, you know, I, I used to joke with joke with um, some of the ladies in my class when I do different prosperity classes that you knew you were supposed to go pay the bill, but you're sneaking boots in so in the house so your husband don't see them and leaving them in the garage or the guy who's buying the high ticket item and, and he's keeping it hidden from his wife because he doesn't want his wife to know that he spent more money than he was supposed to spend on something. We do these things. And then we wonder why things get out of alignment. So we have to get to the place to where our thinking is in divine order so the other things can be in divine order, including our prosperity. Sometimes spirit is telling us, no, don't get in that investment. Don't buy that. Don't do this. And we do it anyway, and then it blows up in our face, and we say, God, fix it. And God was it was shouting in the inside of us, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So so part of prosperous living is not only the shift and the knowing that prosperity is your birthright, but it also means wisdom is your birthright too. Okay? You can't put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. And if you have money leaks in consciousness and in demonstration all over your life, you can't put temporary band-aids on them. You got to deal with your consciousness. I hope this is coming across. Because I'm I'm am I talking about just you? No, I'm talking about me and anybody else. We sometimes get out of order, don't use wisdom, and then we put ourselves in positions because of lack of wisdom. And if we use what we have more efficiently, bless what we have more efficiently, work with what we have more efficiently, we would not be in the situations that sometimes we find ourselves in. And believe me when I tell you, there are people right now who are going through experiences with people, meaning living experiences, staying with them, uh, that are abusive frustrating and and downright downright frustrating because of money because of money so people are right now devaluing themselves because of lack of money it is really important that not only you get this but that you pass it on to those who you're responsible for. Your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, your whatever. Let them see your example first. Let them see you work it. It works if you work it. And then pay it forward. Just as someone taught you, you teach someone else. You don't have to be a minister and a teacher to teach people how to live a better life. But pay it forward because as we become a blessing for someone else, as we help someone else along the way, we help the collective consciousness that lifts up the whole human race. So prosperity is your birthright, but it's also the birthright of every person. Be the stand right now for a prosperous universe by first demonstrating it in your own life. You can be the difference. Believe it.
know it. Get your stuff in divine order if it's not. And go forward in life, in love, in power, in joy, in harmony, in all things. We're going to wrap it up now because we've run out of time. But know that truth transforms. So as you work with the truth in your own soul, be prepared for your own transformation. We'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What if you were intentional about your life? committed to having more energy and being more vibrant. Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Victoria Moran. 
Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.